Welcome to Golf Industry Guru and the Gig Podcast, where we interview the best and brightest golf and hospitality leaders on the planet. On today's episode, you will learn some proven real-world solutions that'll help you and your team solve some of your biggest golf business challenges. So stick around for some tips, tools, and training to get you, your people, and your business powered on. Here's your host, James Cronk. Well, good day, Golf Industry Guru listeners. It is a podcast today, and we are talking about retail and the importance of increasing sales, increasing revenue, uh, training your team, and how you can make your retail golf shop the best that it can be. And with us today is the Sales Ninja Academy guru, Rick Madison. Uh, Rick, good morning, I guess, wherever we are. It's, uh, it's morning where I am. How are you today? I'm fantastic. It's a little bit snowy where I am, but you know what? Uh, it's a great day regardless. Awesome. Fantastic. And so, Rick, uh, thanks so much for joining me today and for uh, sharing some of your wisdom with our listeners. And, and uh, you know, tell first of all, tell me a little bit about how you have come to this kind of role of, of being a, a retail a ninja guru expert. Tell me a bit more about that. So I started a marketing company years ago, and what happened was uh, it, there was a just a quick story about a it was a, in this case a furniture store where I did and I'm not going to be modest it was an excellent marketing campaign so all these people were coming into the store and I sat there and I watched the salespeople engage people and um, later the next day the furniture owner asked me to come back in and he said. The sale did not go well. Um, we didn't have any really uptick in sales, and I, I blame you. And I said, well, <laughs> well, hold on there, cowboy. Um, <laughs> we, we, I saw what your salespeople were doing, and they weren't engaging the customers. They weren't asking questions. They weren't. And so I quickly realized if I was going to stay employed, um, I was going to have to start creating a customer service process. So, of course, what we're talking about today is the golf industry. And, and of course I had several golf industry clients that, that asked me to create a process for them. So that was the marketing was one end, but I knew I had to, where the rubber hits the road is where the people come in. And that's why I had to develop my own system. Well, and it's, it's so true in the sense, you know, marketing gets them in the door, but if they don't get sold then nothing's going to move the needle. And, you know, we've just gone through at the end of, we're kind of coming to the end of 2020, obviously, and, and most places in the world, uh, certainly golf courses have seen uh, an increase of, of demand of golfers, not everywhere, but certainly lots of places as we've kind of uh, realized that somehow a pandemic was the best thing to happen to uh, get more golfers up in the golf course. But what's interesting, I think, is is how we captured that increase of rounds to equal increase in retail sales. And that's what we're going to talk about today is is how to make sure that you increase the transaction, uh, the revenue per transaction. And, and so tell me a little bit, Rick, about what you think are some of the qualities of a great golf shop. First of all, just in general, from a, from a retail standpoint, if, if you're a club owner or an operator and you're walking into your shop to, to, to assess it, what would be some of the things that you think are some of the fundamentals before we even get into talking about a salesperson? Well, I think the biggest thing is um, the shops that have done well, where I've given them the tools and they are 
they are absolutely interested in consistency. They want a, a great golf experience for the the people coming in, no matter if if Bob's working, Susie's working, or anyone else is working. Like they want a consistency, and that's why they, we create a process across the board. And we have people that they check in, they do uh, sales contests, they they constantly work with their team, so they build a good culture in there. Because I I can give you tools, but you know, spoiler alert, if you don't work the program, guess what? Nothing will happen. I can promise you that. So that's the biggest thing. And, and, and the other thing I wanted to touch on is, is the people. So I, I talk about insane empathy. So um, handicap <laughs> is a wonderful thing. And having a beautiful golf swing is a wonderful thing. But actually, if people aren't insanely interested in the customer and their lives and their family and who they are and how their game is, then you know what? They are just holding down a piece of rug in the retail space for me. So that's why I always talk about who are you attracting and make sure you're attracting people that are actually interested in other people. Cause those, those make the great, the greatest salespeople of all time. Well, and, and it's sad to say, uh, Rick, that uh, even today, uh, I get a chance to travel around the world and, and, and very fortunately get to go visit some golf shops in different places. And I still walk into a golf shop, uh, to see the, the pro or the salesperson behind the counter leaning on their, on their elbows, watching the golf channel, seeing who's, uh, who's winning the masters or who's, who's playing today, talking about the 300 yard drive and, and ignoring uh, me walking around the shop looking for a, a shirt or a memento or a, or a, or a souvenir or whatever it might be. And, and it still happens. And I mean, I think that's one of the most amazing things about our business is that if you were, if you were a truly like a, like a, I know you do some work also with uh, car dealerships and with jewelry stores and, and other retail places. When a customer walks in the door, that's your, that's your invitation to, to make a sale. And so often, you know, customers walk into a golf shop and, and they can just be ignored somehow. So that's a great part. Insanely empathetic and insanely interested in the customer, right? Is what you're kind of talking about. Tell well, me more about, yeah, please. Well, what, what's interesting to me is, and, uh, we've all been on, on, on trips, golf trips, and we spend a whole bunch of money booking the flights, renting the car, uh, renting clubs, getting hotels. We've spent all this money to get there and our first initial moments. So we're talking about all the branding that is associated with that golf course. So all the marketing, everything to get that person to that spot, the thousands of dollars, well, millions at times that golf industry has spent to get that customer there. They're standing in the golf shop and the guy's leaning on the counter and he goes, yeah, what can we do for you? And he, you know, he's, mildly interested in the fact that you are interrupting him with his, you know, candy crush or whatever he's doing he or she. So that's the part that I, that always vexed me was how come it, it, it seems to be even more so in the golf industry where you have people that have great swings, great game. They get hired first for the pro shop. Cause we think, that's the person that needs to be purveying this, the hard goods and the soft goods. But like I said, there's been a bit of a shift right now, which is, you know, I want somebody that's interested in, in being better and curious about a better way. And I think that's, that 
gets me up in the morning is the fact that there's these people out there that have shifted gears and they have people in that industry that are smiling when people come in, they're actively engaged and they want to help them. That's, that's the exciting thing. So tell me then, so let's say we've got the right people. We've got a, a great salesperson, girl or guy. Uh, they're in the shop. They're, they care about the customer. What, what are some things that, that we should, as, as owners, operators, managers, what are some of the things that we should make sure that is happening to increase that transaction, to get, to, to increase that sale, get to, to get more revenue? That's, that's what it's about. So I think the biggest thing is, uh, whenever I have floor leaders, so these are people that, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of managers, they're pulled in so many different directions and I, they're doing so many different things and the retail seems to get the short end of the stick. So what I often see is the really successful shops, these managers, um, they stop in and they work on the floor a little bit and they, they build this culture of, Hey, I'll do anything you can, you, I will ask you to do. In fact, I will enthusiastically do it. They will stop. They will talk to members. They will talk to green fee players. They'll talk to anyone and they will, they will show that we're going to get around the counter. Now COVID distancing right now and everything else, but we're going to get around the counter. We're going to engage people. I think that's number one. Number two is they build a process and they work the process. So if if one of the things is, you know, we're going to ask everyone that comes in, how's your game doing? And that might open up another series of, of questions into, okay, well, you know, we do have actually some, some rain gear because I saw the weather forecast and, you know, there's, there's always something that could be talked about. And, and if done in the right way, um, every round, every person should at least get some sort of question or some sort of query about, you know, either their game or what's happening that day. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to tell you the story, but I actually got great service in Walmart. So I'll, mm -hmm. I believe you, <laughs> so, you probably got one, some, one of the volunteers there that just loves people and loves to talk and, and, and was interested in you being in the store. Is that what happened? Or tell me more, tell me more. It was a, it was a golf course in the States and uh, there's a lot of water on this course, um, quarter lane. And, uh, the, the Walmart I went into, I was looking around for different things. Cause I, you know, I showed up without anything as usual. And, uh, so I was looking for golf clubs and everything else. And this guy came around the corner and he says, where are you playing? And I said, well, actually Coeur d'Alene course, you know, Island green. And he goes, well, there's a lot of water on that course, isn't there? And he goes, well, tell you what, I've got a ball retriever. And he says, I, I think it's actually going to pay for itself with, with your round. He goes, how, how errant is the swing? And I'm standing in the aisle of Walmart going, wow, this guy is crushing it. So I bought more golf balls, gloves, a ball retriever. And the guy was enthusiastic that I was going to play. Like he was excited for me that you get to play this course and it's on my bucket list. He goes, I've only heard stories, but man, it's amazing. So this guy actually hadn't even played the course but he knew that there was enough water there that it would, you know, with, with, I'm a lefty and I, a little leaky off the old tee. So, uh, it was funny cause he was, he was engaged with me and I, I walked out of there with a big smile on my face and I spent more than I would have. And, and obviously, I mean, you know, we, 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 we have the challenge in our industry where we want the consumer to buy from us in the shop. But the reality is that 
golfers now have choices and you're, you're, you were a traveling golfer. You know, we all try to support golf shots when we, when we go in them to, and we, and we get that memento or we get that souvenir, we get that hat, we get that shirt with the logo on it, but there's competition. And, and when the, the reason why the big box golf stores are around is because we have, you know, somehow not really delivered all the time when it comes to selection and choice and options and service and sales. There's no doubt about it. When you when you go into a big box golf store, the people that are there, they're salespeople, and they're trying to, you know, whether they're making commission, whether they're making, uh, uh, you know, getting their 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 compensation, but they're salespeople. Um, so in the golf shop, and when we're talking about, you know. The script, I guess, that's one of the things you're talking about there is making sure that the staff have a list of questions to open up that conversation. Would that be fair to say? Well, I get a lot of complaints from golf shop managers who say, you know what, um, my people just don't have that that set of skills. They're just not interested in talking to strangers. And so my rebuttal is, well, do you? Like, you know, are are you engaging people and I find that if people don't have a process or an experience to follow, it's, it's like giving them a, a manual, but not ever reading it or going through it with them. If we give them the tools and, and, you know, we have a process that online training process that will help them. But if they have that process and they still don't engage them, then we as managers need to, you know, call on them and say, listen, you know, that that's not acceptable what just happened. And we have to figure out a, a way to manage the gap of what I need to see happen, what you just did. So, but giving them, giving them the tools gives them the confidence because it's like saying, okay, well, here's how the till works. Here's how the software works. Here's uh, you know what, go to town, just answer the phone, everything else. And they don't give them any proper tools. That's when you have fall down. And that's when you have people that don't want to walk out from the counter. They don't want to help people because they don't really know. I don't really know what that, that driver does. And I've heard it in so many stores. How am I expected to sell when I don't know how to? So it does come back on us and we have to take responsibility to give them the tools. And once we, they have the tools then work with them. And then when that happens, members, green people, they, they all love it. They all love the fact that somebody is actually talking to them and making their game, their life, even gift buying better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do we kind of, uh, you know, we've all experienced that kind of uh, aggressive salesperson, so to speak. Uh, you know, when we've all kind of, uh, uh, you know, know when something it's inventory is on sale, or or there's the the rack of shirts and clothes that's outside the golf shop hanging up with the fifty percent off on it. What are, what are some best practices when it comes to making that sale in the shop? You come up from behind the counter. You're asking someone about what do they need? Do they need a glove? Do they need some golf balls? Do they need uh, you know, rainwear, and the customer says, "No, nah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so." Or you know, tell tell me, tell me what you have, or what's your cheapest? Like, what are some what are some best practices for for the team to make that sale and to add that extra uh, purchase? So, no matter what, you have to be um, an interesting person. <laughs> interesting <laughs> people um, read. They listen to news, no matter if, you know, if they're not really a news person, but they at the very least walk into the store with a little bit of, of information. So what I mean is going into a long weekend, everyone loves talking about their long weekend. So, Hey, what plans do you have for the long weekend? 
my biggest thing is I was at a jewelry store in Maui and I saw this, this like diamond encrusted Rolex. It was awful. And, and apologies to anyone who owns one of them, <laughs> uh, like the diamond encrusted Rolexes. I love Rolexes. And, and uh, I was looking at it and the salesperson came up and asked me a direct merchandise question, which was, isn't that gorgeous? And I'm sitting there going, that is the most God awful thing I've ever seen. I never said that, but she instantly lost trust with me. So I'm, what I'm, what I'm challenging people to do is you walk into the, the shop armed with ideas about vacations, um, you know, any kind of national events that have a, an upside to them, um, anything at all that makes it clever and timely. So if I walk up to you and say, hey, that, that's a beautiful shirt, um, where did you get it? Instantly, that's a compliment and you're going to talk to me. But if I walk up and say, do you need a rain jacket? Mm, probably not, but I'm going to start a little bit of a conversation and then we're going to start working up into how was your golf game? You know, where, where did you last play? How did that go? Tell me about your score. What, you know, how's the short game, whatever it is, but I'm going to be engaged with you. And I can guarantee, cause I've worked a lot of different sales floors and worked with a lot of different teams. If they are interested in people and they ask these, these clever, timely questions, start a conversation all of a sudden they're walking out with anything from rain gear to clubs to hats to shoes anything it really it, it, that's the part that blows me away is the stuff works Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and as opposed to you know what's your tea time that's what you know the when someone walks in the shop hi guys what's your tea time are you for are you for today <laughs> you know it's like oh shoot me shoot me and it, but it's but it's but it's you know I mean we're you know in all seriousness aside it's 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 not easy to I, I've done it I've you know I I've struggled with it in managing golf courses and managing teams and in trying to get people behind the shop to be more engaging you, you, you I, I think you know I always say it comes back to hiring it comes back to the very very beginning if you're going to have an opportunity to hire someone. Hire someone that has passion about something because if they have passion about something, they can eventually have passion about what you're doing and about what you're trying to talk about. And as you said, interesting people create interesting conversations, creates trust, and then therefore ultimately starts to have the conversation about the sale, right? And about finally making that happen. And the part that gets me is, is uh, the same golf shop owners come back to me every single year because they get it. They're, they're interested in moving the needle. They're interested in being good operators. It's the ones that you walk into that, that really have that, that culture that is a little bit iffy. They never come knocking. They, they just, you know, so that's the part that always uh, is, is vexing to me is, wow. You know, the, the people that are actually doing a pretty good job always want to get better. And that's what I find interesting is they know that, if they have a, a great retail experience for their members or the Greenfield players in the retail golf shop, that's going to that's gonna leak into a whole bunch of different areas for experience. And that's the beautiful thing is people will talk about that place where they purchase something way more than if the guy looks up and says, hey, what time are you off? That's okay. Well, and I think it's, it's um, what I like to be just mentioned there is that I find in my travels a bit that, um, you know, retail, you know, you know, guys, and I, I've said this the same thing to, to, to clients or to, to owners and operators, you know, retail, how much, you know, every 12 minutes or 10 minutes, 
that's four hundred dollars just walked out the door. If 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 no one walked off the first tee every ten minutes, that's four hundred bucks. So 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 we have to have the focus on filling the first tee. We have to have the focus on ensuring that you know we we've got members, we've got green fee players, we've got golf course. You're going to make make way more money every ten minutes if that first tee is full. And retail can sometimes be viewed as being a bit of a you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, someone steals one driver out of the golf shop and you got to sell 50 shirts to pay for that. I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy to make a lot of profit in retail, but when you, t- when you think about shrinkage and you think about inventory and debt inventory and effort, et cetera, et cetera. But having a great retail experience creates that customer loyalty, that customer experience, that member pride. There's, so, as you said, there's so many spinoffs that just come from having a great retail experience that's not just measured in, you know, taking your dollar per retail from $10 to $11 over the course of a season. And that's the interesting thing is what I've noticed with people that take the course, there's communication tips and tools that they use at home with uh, the girlfriends, with their spouses, with um, their mates of, of all different descriptions. If you become a good communicator and you can move an idea forward and be an influencer, even on the retail floor, you know, the, the sky is the limit. I have a lot of past um, students of mine that sell real estate. One guy sells airplanes. Huh. Uh, they sell cars. They, I mean, it, it, let's face it, retail can be a, a place where they develop and they learn and they grow. And then maybe they do go off to something else. Hopefully they do. And they, they know that their experience at that pro shop taught them something that they are able to go forth. And, and like I said, sell an idea, sell a concept, sell a product. So whenever people have a place where they're growing people and they're developing people, the people are happier there. You get far more retention because this is a place where I actually get to learn something. And I think that's what's lost in this whole thing is, yeah, we're, we're trying to move goods out the door at full pop for sure, but we're also trying to teach you something. And I think retention is a big thing and, and the talent war is real. So if you get somebody really good and you don't give them any tools, well, you're probably going to lose them because the golf shop down the way is probably going to try and teach them something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and, and luckily, um, Rick, you've been kind enough to, to offer to provide some more education information. We're going to do some webinars with, with you. Um, maybe a, a retail course training, sales training that our golf industry guru members can, can take and can learn from in more detail with that kind of, you know, going down each of the steps and breaking down this process, which I think is fantastic. And so we look forward to having that on our platform. But, um, before we kind of finish off the podcast today, um, we, when you talk about kind of process and some steps there, we talked about, you know, the staff being engaged and having the right people and having that, that script and those questions to, in, to start the conversation. Um, what would be, you know, from an owner operator standpoint, what would be another one or two parts of the process of, 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 of being able to kind of increase that retail sales, that transaction per round, what would be a couple other steps that a, a, a owner operator manager would want to ensure that their golf shop was following in the process standpoint? Well, I think from a, a standpoint of, I had uh, a story of my local club. Um, they were having some issues with 
what I call resting face. So resting face is when you walk in and the person is relaxed and they, they seem to be frowning. And that is the first impression of the golf shop is this person behind the counter is frowning. So what the, uh, the manager did was he walked around. What he started to do was with his iPhone, walked into the golf shop with the iPhone record button on and said, Hey guys, Hey girls, what are we doing? And he'd show them the video of how their faces looked. Cause we don't really realize we don't like, I almost liken it to a barbecue. When, if, if James coming over to my house for a barbecue and I open up the front door and you got potato salad in your hand and you open up the front door and I go, Hey James, good to see you. And I'm, I'm happy to see you. And, and my whole energy goes up. I mean, why can't we deliver that for the people that walk into our golf shop? Like if, if I felt that when I walked in, I'm going to want to be a part of this because that excites me. I don't, maybe I don't get that from my spouse at home, but I might get it from my golf shop. That's what I need. That's what I want. So just on, from the onset, I mean, I can get into, you know, mirroring and psychology of distancing and, and a whole bunch of other technical terms, but we're not going to do that right now. I just want for a lot of operators to understand that that first moment, be part of the barbecue, like have a big barbecue in your pro shop. Like when people walk in, they go, Hey, welcome. Hi, welcome to blank. That would be phenomenal. If, if, if even if all the golf shops in the world started doing just that, we would see an uptick in experience and joy and it would change the world. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's such a, it's so true, you know, and, and when you think about the, the the retail stores you go to, the restaurants you go to, uh, the, the 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 different types of places that you go to, the the Disneyland's of the world, you know, the the hotel chains of the world that 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 are known for their service and for their 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 experience. Um, you know, I always used to say that you know, great service doesn't come just by happenstance. There's a, there's a system, there's a process, there's training, there's the scripts, there's tools, there's the, there's accountability. You know, I, in some of the other talks that we'll do, Rick, I talk a lot about the, the importance of having a critical eye that we, as, as managers and owners, operators, uh, we get a little bit lazy. We can sometimes get a little bit lazy of walking around our facility and not looking at everything with a critical eye and, and looking at it from, you know, that member's first experience, a brand new member just joined the club and they're, they're walking around the facility, walking into the restaurant, walking into the banquet hall, walking into the golf shop, coming across the golf course, uh, you know, maintenance worker, whatever it might be. What's that? What's their first experience? And, and, and because that, as we always say, first impressions is first impressions. That's what, that's what keeps it going. And so, um, we have to continue to have a critical eye, I think, in looking at our business and demanding better, uh, every day, demanding better. And I think that's what you're talking about. You're talking about, you know, like I love that about walking in the shop with your iPhone, uh, video going and showing the staff about what the experience looks like or, or, or walking through the golf shop and looking at the, you know, the larges in the front and the extra smalls in the back. Well, that's not how it works. You know, you got to have a standard, you got to have a system and you got to make sure it's like that every day. Yeah. And it, and it's, it is going to change. And I think a lot of places, I mean, we did have a wonderful year this past year and I think a lot of people rediscovered golf. And, and when I was speaking to different operators, 
I said, so what does that look like going forward? And they said, well, we want to keep it going. And I said, well, okay, now what are you going to, like, what made you successful was you had the traffic, but think of the conversion. Like I still saw racks of clothing at the end of the golf season at 50% off and 80% off and to sell them at full pop with a more engaged retail staff. And, and I'm talking about retail staff here in your pro shop. You got to almost change the mindset a little bit. They're not just booking green fees and, and you're doing a lot more here. And I think that's the key is just, I would love it if, if those racks were empty at the end of the season. Like you didn't have to blow everything out because you had massive sell through because you had a more engaged workforce. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And, and we, we all hope that uh, 2021 is going to be, uh, you know, a, a bit of a different season. Um, but, uh, but these are, the, these are relevant messages that you're sharing, whether or not we're in COVID, out of COVID, uh, you know, a, a busy year, a, a quiet year, uh, the, the, the core principles of having a good shop and having staff that sell that are engaged in selling is common anywhere. Um, Rick, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We're, we're going to definitely have you back for, for more discussions. Um, I love the, the information that you share. I know that the golf shops that you work with are, are, uh, you know, love you and keep, keep you coming back and doing training with, with their team and their staff because it's an ongoing process. I know our listeners can learn more about you by visiting the Sales Ninja Academy or uh, Rick Madison or clicking on any of the links that we have on Golf Industry Gurus. So um, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much, James. Take care. Cheers. Thanks for listening to The Gig Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and mostly that you learned a few things that will help you improve your business. Join us next time as we continue to bring you the best and brightest golf and hospitality leaders on the planet. Thanks for listening.